this is an amazing event. Baruch Hashem. It looks, it looks like a chasana. And I told Rabbi Simpson, I said, this is, uh, this is really, really the way that it ought to be. Yeah. I won't say that uh, the recording of Avram Fried stole my speech, but uh, if every Jew is a, is a Ben Yachid, or like the Baal Shem Tov said, that every Jew is beloved to Hashem like an only child born in his parents' old age, then uh, imagine, imagine the Simcha, imagine the Chshivas of celebrating the education and, and the schus of being involved in raising Hashem's only child. And uh, it can't be fancy enough. It can't be ornate enough. There's, no, there's nothing too good for our children. And, and Baruch Hashem, to see an event like this, this, this shows that our values are in the right place. So Baruch Hashem. Thank you. Okay. So really, that's, if you want to know what I want to speak about tonight, this is it. This is my whole speech, what I said already. But um, yeah, you're not getting off that easy. As, as is well known, you know, when rabbis get up to speak, you don't know how long they're going to go for. And they once had an event where they were honoring three rabbis. Tonight we're honoring one rabbi, but they had an event once where they honored three rabbis. And uh, so the organizers knew it was going to be uh, dangerous. So they met with each rabbi beforehand. And they said, you really, you really are only allowed to speak for five minutes. So every rabbi had to agree. He's only going to speak for five minutes. First, first rabbi got up. He spoke for five minutes. Second rabbi got up. He spoke for five minutes. Third rabbi got up. He said, I want everyone to know what's going on here tonight. The organizers of this event made us all agree we're only going to speak for five minutes. And I intend to honor the agreement. I'm only going to speak for five minutes. And that's why before I begin to speak, I need to say a few words. <laughs> so what I said till now was my few words. Now I'm going to begin to speak. There was once uh, a university classroom, more, more than a classroom, it was like a lecture hall. One of these big lecture halls, one of these uh, classes where they have a thousand students. And it was the end of the semester where they have a final. And that's pretty much the whole grade is a final. And they take the final, little, in what they call the little blue book exam. Everyone has a little booklet, little blue booklet, and they write <clears throat> an essay, and uh, they have an hour. And the end of the hour, they take the booklet, and they walk down from you know, wherever they're seated in this big lecture hall. They walk down the aisle. They go to the front of the classroom, or the lecture hall, as it were, where the professor is seated at his big desk. And they put their booklet, their completed booklet, on the stack of all the other completed booklets, and that's it. That's their grade for the semester. So there was uh, one of these uh, exams going on, and one of the students was filling out his blue book, and the professor all of a sudden says, the hour's up, pencil's down. There's one guy who just kept writing one second, just one second after the professor said the hour's up. So the professor spots him way up there, you know, 20, 30 rows up toward the back of the lecture hall, but the professor saw him, he says, you there. Don't turn in your book. So the student, he stands up, 
He's holding his book. He says, why not? The professor says, because you kept writing after the hour was over. I set pencils down. You kept writing. Don't turn in your book. So he says, what happens if I don't turn in my book? He says, you're going to get a zero on the exam, and you're going to fail the course. So the student holding his book, he starts walking down the aisle, row by row. And he says to the professor, he says, hold on a second. Do you have any idea who I am? The professor says, young man, doesn't work in this classroom. No favoritism. I don't care who you are. The student keeps walking down row by row, getting closer to the front of the lecture hall. He says, no, I just want to understand something. You're serious. You don't know who I am? The professor says, young man, I already told you, I don't know and I don't care. Now the student is standing right in front of the professor's desk with the stack of booklets that are all turned in. He says, you're telling me seriously? You don't know who I am? The professor says, no, I don't know who you are and I don't care. The student says, perfect. He takes his booklet, puts it in the middle of the stack, and walks out. What's the vort? The foundation of chinuch is that a student has to know that a teacher knows who he is. So I said that uh, Avram Fried stole my speech, Rabbi Simpson also, Baruch Hashem, stole my speech. But that's good because that shows that we share the same values, we're on the same page, and we want to talk about the same ideas. Rabbi Simpson mentioned the, uh, the famous story of the Alter Rebbe, Vos is an Aleph, where the, the, the Alter Rebbe explained to the Malamid, before he began to teach the Mitle Rebbe, the first thing you got to know before you want to teach my son, I'm going to tell you, Vos is an Aleph. And what did the Alter Rebbe say is an Aleph? A pintalif an Aben, a pintalif an Untin, a dot above, a dot below. What's the dot above, the dot below? The different versions of the explanation. But one is the dot above is Hashem, the dot below is the Jew. Or according to another version, the dot above is the Neshama. The dot below is the Neshama as it is in a body. But either way, what, what's the point? The Voss is an Aleph. Before we begin to teach the Jew, we establish who it is you're talking to, who is the Jew. Before you open the book, before you tell me what it says in Torah, I want to know that you know what a Jew is. I want to know that you know who you're talking to. And this is what every parent sends their child to school knowing before their formal education even begins. You know, there's a stereotype that Jewish parents dote upon their children. You know, there's an expression, what's the definition of a genius? An average student with a Jewish mother. Okay, but there's a stereotype for a reason. There's a stereotype for a reason. You know, about the little boy who was going to Cheder the first day. His mother says, Bubbele, you're going to go to Cheder, be a good boy. Ziskite, do whatever your mora tells you to do. Tayerke, mommy's going to be waiting for you. The little kid comes home from his first day in Cheder. The mother says, what did you learn? He says, I learned that my name is David. 
But there's a reason why these stereotypes exist, and there's a sod, there's a secret, there's panemius hatayra behind it, which is that every Jew is a ben yochid, every Jew is the Abishta's beloved child born to him in his old age. And in fact, that is the Aleph of Yiddishkeit. Before you begin to tell me what it says in Torah, make sure that I know that you know who you're talking to, who I am. Don't look at me as a body. Look at me as a soul. See the real me. See me in my source. And this is what uniquely Chassidus enables all of us to do and instill our children with. You know, this <clears throat> coming Shabbos, Pashas Vayikro, Tov Shinnun, the Rebbe spoke about the value of every Jew. The Arum of the Sicha, we don't have to get into, but somebody spoke negatively about the Jewish people. Said negative things specifically about secular Jews, and he was speaking doom and gloom, and the Rebbe wouldn't have that. Even when this person attacked the Rebbe countless times, the Rebbe would never answer, wouldn't dignify it with a response. But when this person spoke negatively about the Jewish people, the Rebbe said all Sicha about it. What did the Rebbe say? That the Haftorah from Parshish Vayikro, the Eibishter says about the Jews, Am zu, this nation, Yotzarti li, I made them for me. Yisaperu, Tilosi Yisaperu, they will relate my praise. And the Rebbe asks a couple questions. First of all, what does it mean? They will relate my praise, not conditional on anything. I thought if a Jew does what he's supposed to do, then he relates Hashem's praise. But the Pasuk says it. No, they will relate my praise. And based on what? Am I made them. I made them. That's what the Abishta did for us. Well, what do we, well, then there's our end of the bargain. What are we going to do for him? And like the Rebbe said, I was, I was created to serve my maker. So without any service, without us paying anything back, without us bringing our side of the bargain into the deal, the Abishta is already saying, this nation relates my praise. And the Rebbe answered, yeah, that's taka, that's right. Every single Jew that walks the earth, who draws breath, especially in this generation, after the annihilation that our people went through only a generation ago, relates Hashem's praise. Because the Jewish people are a godly people. What does that mean? They say that Bismarck was once counseling Frederick the Great. Frederick the Great was enlightened. He wasn't a religious man, but he was a philosopher. So he asked Bismarck, give me a proof of the existence of God without citing scripture. Something that I can see for myself. And Bismarck told Frederick the Great, your majesty, the Jews, you want a proof of the existence of God? The Jews. The Jewish people have endured. There's no nation that's still around from the time the Jewish people came into inception. And not only is there no nation that's still around since that time, there's no nation that went through everything that the Jewish people went through and that every nation conspired to destroy us. And not only we're surviving but thriving. And it's, it's inexplicable other than the fact that it's a living miracle and that every single Jew who draws breath and walks this earth is part of that living miracle. And just like the Abishter is a Nitzchi, Hashem is eternal, Every Jew is imbued with this eternality. So yeah, 
This nation I have formed, says Hashem. Before they even do anything, just the fact that a Jewish person walks this earth is a testimony to the living God. That just as God is eternal, the Jewish people are eternal. Now, is there something called Teda Mitzvahs? There's something called reciprocating? There's something called living up to your side of the bargain? Of course. And that's what Chinuch is, to teach you how to serve Hashem, how to pay Hashem back, how to give some nachas to Hashem. Yeah, yeah, But that's base. Aleph is before any of that starts, before you tell me what I need to do for Hashem to be a good Jew, I need to know that you know who I am. That before I even did anything, before I even know how to do anything, I already have eternal, infinite value. This is what our children enter school already knowing. Our children know. And this is, this is the essence of chassidus, the value of a Jew. I know we as Lubavitchers, where we're really good at it, is with other Jews. We can look past the body and we see the soul. But it's got to start at home. That means, just like when your child was a baby, they didn't do anything. You don't even know their personality. You didn't say to them, why don't you grow up, learn how to say a few words, well, go out for coffee, I'll find out if I like you. You're automatically proud of your child. What are you proud of? It's your child. You're proud of your child. They didn't do anything. They don't have to earn your pride. They are your pride. But I'll say it even more. They don't have to earn your pride. They are Hashem's pride. Hashem is proud of your child. Hashem is proud of every Jew. I was speaking was a couple of weeks ago to a crowd, not a Lubavitcher crowd, and this was a very difficult concept for them. I was telling them a story about a father of a 14-year-old boy who was not doing well in yeshiva. He had come home. In fact, he was what they call in between yeshivas. And uh, he was sleeping a lot, and he really couldn't uh, organize his day. It was going through a difficult time. We don't have to get into the whole background, what the child had been going through, but every one of these stories always has a background, but that's not the point right now. What I want to tell you is like this. This child is sleeping, his father comes in, and he says to the boy, don't you want something better for yourself? Don't you? Come on. And the boy looks at the father, and he says, this, is, this, this story was just related to me a month ago. The, father, the, the boy says to the father, you're never proud of me. And, 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 and the son, I mean the father, says to the son, well, what, what are you talking about? Remember when you did this thing, I told you I was very proud. And then you did that thing, you're very... Now, we, we have the benefit of what they call Monday morning quarterbacking, right? So after the game, we can all look back. How, how did the father mess up already? The boy said, you're never proud of me. And the father said, no, no, that's not true. When you did this, I was proud of you. When you did that, I was proud of you. That's not what the boy said. He didn't say, you're never proud of my accomplishments. He said, you're never proud of me. So the boy said, are you proud of me right now? 
And anyone with, 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 with half a brain and anybody with half a heart right now knows what the right answer is. And not just because it's decent and compassionate, but because this is what Chassidus says, and we know it to be the ultimate truth. This child who's not thriving right now, who's going through whatever he's going through, emotionally, mentally, scholastically, socially, spiritually, whatever his struggles are right now. But we know that Abishter looks at this child right now and says, I made this child. Your child turns to you and says, are you proud of me? Right now, at the moment of my struggle, and what is the Jewish answer? Of course I'm proud of you. It's not what the father answered, unfortunately. And, 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 and I tell the story to illustrate a point. We all know, if you ask us, if you stop us on the street and you ask us, what is the value of a Jew? What is the value of an ashama? We understand. We have the right answer. Sometimes when, when it matters most to the people who matter most, sometimes we forget but this is the foundation of Chinuch. What does a parent do? What's the parent's side of the bargain? Sending to yeshiva whole, complete, intact people who know how valuable they are. And that they cannot get anywhere else. When you send your child to yeshiva, your child knows they are Hashem's beloved only child. And then... And then a teacher has what to work with. Then we can start talking Torah. We all know this. Look, when we approach a Jew who's, who's, who's far from Torah mitzvahs, we go up on the street corner with our tefillin. What do we say? We don't start selling the virtue of tefillin. We're not like some, there's other approaches to outreach. They'll come and tell you how important Torah is. We don't, we don't do that. What do we do? We come up to a stranger. Excuse me, sir, are you Jewish? The first thing we do we identify who they are, and then we say, would you like to do a Jewish thing? Not by putting on tefillin, you'll become more Jewish, because you can't be. But by putting on tefillin, you'll be doing something that you're already being. You'll be expressing who you truly are. Put on tefillin, <coughs> not because of tefillin, but because you're a Jew. We all know this is the foundation of chassidus, and it's not just for others, it's not just for strangers, this is for our own children, it's for ourselves. Hey, Tavis, Tavshim, and Zion. The Rebbe described the moment, the touching moment between a father and a son as a father prepares his son for life. Hey, Tavis, obviously we know the significance. This was the first Hey, Tavis. The Parsha of the week is Vayigash. And the Rebbe was talking about how Yesef HaTzadik sent the Agolas, he sent the... Wagons. And Rashi says, based on a medish, that the wagons is like the Egla, the Agolis, the Egla, Egla Arufa. That the last conversation that Yankiv had with Yasef was they were discussing Egla Arufa. So when Yasef showed his father that 22 years later he still remembers the last Dvartaita his father told him, he said, Oh, my son is still alive. That's, that's the simple level. What did that have explained? It's much deeper than that. 
First of all, why were they talking about Egla Rufa? It wasn't that day's Rambam. It wasn't. It came up in conversation. Why did it come up in conversation? <laughs> because Yankiv Avinu is walking Yasef. He's walking him out into the field. And he says to him, Someday the Torah will be given and there will be a mitzvah that talks about a situation just like this that we're in right now where someone's going to be leaving town, they're going on a trip and the elders of the town have to attest that they escorted the person, they gave him food, they gave him water. It came up in conversation. What was Yosef telling his father? Not just that he remembered the sugya that they were studying the last time that they learned together, but he remembered the message. He said, Father, you sent me to the world equipped. You sent me prepared. You didn't let me go out into that big wide world before I knew I was safe and I was taken care of and you were the one who was keeping me safe and, keep, and taking care of me even when I was far, far away. You know, why... When, when they find the person who was killed, the, 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 the kingdom are supposed to come out, and they're supposed to say, we walked with him, we gave him food, we gave him water. What's, what's shot? How is that supposed to keep someone from getting murdered? A murderer jumps out, and what do you do? You throw some bread at him? How, I gave him food, I gave him drink, I walked with him. How does that keep him from getting murdered? You know, pshat? person who knows there are people at home thinking about him, thinking the world of him, people who take care of him, who pack his lunch for school, who make sure that he has his coat if he's a little kid, comes to a certain age and you don't have to make sure your kid is wearing a, a coat. But somebody at home who worries for him, somebody who prepared him, that person goes out into the world a completely different Matthias. And when the murderer sees that kind of person walking, he says, hey, let him pass. He'll give up too much of a fight. When we send our children out into the world, we send them knowing they are cared for, they are cherished because Hashem cherishes them. And like we teach them in the 12 Sukkim, why? Hashem says, they are a branch of my planting, my siyodai, the work of my hands. Hashem says, what? What's the last word? To be proud of. Hashem looks at every Jew before they even did anything, before they did their first mitzvah. Hashem looks at this neshama and says, I'm already proud of you. I'm not just unconditional love. I love you, sweetheart. I love you. I'm proud of you. You are a living, breathing, walking testimony to the nitzchias of the Eibishter. This is what we give our children. This is the chsidish chinuch before the chinuch. And a child who enters Heder knowing that he is the Eivish des Ben Yochid, that he's beloved and he's cherished and he's valued. And there are people who think of him and care for him and who make a fancy Malava Malka because this is what our children deserve. And this is not, you know, not 12 guys sitting at a folding table with, with, a, with a box of crackers. 
They make a chasana. Why? Because our children are worth it. Because there's nothing more precious and nothing more valuable. So, I just want to thank the parents. Your, your children surely know about the investment that you've made by being here. And this is, this is not, it's not just about being here. This is just a sign. This is just a symptom. This is uh, indicative of an approach, b'chalal. But make sure to say it to them. Make sure to relate it to them. That's called healthy self-esteem. Healthy self-esteem is, I have a neshama. Not, not, not artificial self-esteem, the kind of stuff that it talks about in Pedagama based of Tanya that separates from one another. That he has this smiley, that smiley. Those are all separating things. I'm talking about that you are beloved and you are cherished by Hashem. And that that is something we teach our children before we send them off to school the first day. And something we remind them before we send them off to school every day. And don't forget, whatever it is Chassidus tells you about your child, this is also what Chassidus says about you. Don't forget also, you're also the Ebishter's ben Yochid. The Ebishter has no grandchildren. All children. We should all make our Father in Heaven very proud. Lots of nachas from your children.